Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone. A while ago, I watched the work of a mentalist, a mind reader, Ossie Wind, and I it was the most stunning performance. And I've had magicians as guests over the years, and inevitably they talk about Ossie and the influence he's had on their lives. So I was excited when I heard that he's bringing his show, The Inner Circle, and actually David Blaine is going to be producing, and this is a big deal. He's never done this, and he's producing Ossie Wynn's Inner Circle at the gym at Judson, 243 Thompson Street. So, and Ossie is an Israeli. I mean, I'm just, you know, a lot of people are curious if actors, singers, dancers, they start when they're little kids and it's like God-given talents. But I'm curious, what's the root for a mentalist? How does one become this? Is this a gift from when you were a child or what? So I don't know if I can say it's a gift because I worked my ass to get to where I am. So I, I, you know, maybe the gift is that I had this burning desire to pursue this. Uh, The gift is that I was uh, relentless and I wanted to become as good as I could uh, with this uh, profession, which is magic, mentalism, and all all the above. But I think that it is, uh, it did not come to me as a gift. It didn't come for free. I really had to work hard, and I still do, uh, to make it uh, as spectacular as I can. So I don't know if I can call it a gift. But were you, how did you even get hooked on magic or illusions? Did your family take you to see people work or where did even this glint of an idea start with you? Sure. Um, you know, I, I will make an analogy here that's, that's it's easier to people to understand because when we start as kids, we all paint and draw. We all like to hold crayons and we're not judgmental about it. We just do it and we love it. And somewhere along the lines, you start to think, you know what, I'm not good at it. And you start believing that you, you suck at it. And then you say, okay, I will never, you know, touch another pencil or crayon in my life because I'm not good at it. And then you abandon it. Um, and I, I found that a lot of kids, especially boys, uh, at some point in their lives, they get a magic kit. It's a toy. They get a little toy and they play with it. At, at first they have fun. They enjoy it. They try it out a few times. And at some point, they convince themselves that they're not good at it. 
and they just abandoned it like anything else. I think that when I got my first magic kit, I was hooked, and I never stopped believing that this is more than a toy. This is something that I can reach, touch people, and make someone's day. Um, and the more I dealt with it, the more I investigated and researched about magic, the more depth I found. I found psychology. I found performance, public speaking. I found many facets of of magic that are not very related to the technique or the secret of magic. It, it goes beyond that. So uh, I think it, it started as a journey when I was a kid and it just never stopped. Where to a lot of kids, it's just a very short episode. And what you do is so original. You know, people who don't get to see great magicians perform sort of think it's, you know, finding a woman in a box or doing <laughs> something, but it it isn't that at all. You know, it's it's really um, an interest. It's a great question because the truth is the bar for magic is very low. If you fooled me, you are a magician. Uh, and, and, and it's not true. It's not enough. And again, if we can borrow from other art forms, which will make it easier to understand, if somebody can sing in tune, uh, it doesn't make them a singer, correct? It, right. Or somebody can, can hit the, the piano keys at the right sequence and whatever, at the right speed or whatever it is. I'm not a pianist. But it's not enough to make him a musician. He needs to be able to use, let's say, music or painting or whatnot to touch people, to, to move them. So it's the same with magic. It's not enough, hey, look what I can do. I fooled you. You don't know how it works. Uh-uh, I'm a magician. It's not. Uh, I use magic as a vehicle to communicate, to touch people, to move them. And it's hard. Uh, and, and, and unfortunately, you know, some people have never seen a magic show live. So they have nothing to compare it with. So, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, to, to get good at it, it, it you have to go beyond just fooling people with a trick or whatever it is. It, and it's a very difficult thing. It's very, very difficult. And you have to be able to create an illusion, which is really, to me, what it's about. For sure. And, and most, and that's another problem, that a lot of magicians are not very creative. They, they go and, you know, seek magic books and whatnot, which is legit. And they learn the tricks and they perform them verbatim. Where, you know, for me, I always, when I look at anything, I say, okay, how can I make it me? What do I need to change about this so it's, it's, it fits me? It's custom for me. So that's where, you know, my obsession with inventing magic comes from. I really love, you know, tweaking it and thinking. Like, I, I think that the author of the trick is where he stopped, but now it's my turn to pick it up where he stopped and continue working on it. So that's where the invention comes. Now, you um, are an Israeli, and what made you leave Israel to come here? It's a long story. I'll try to give you the short version of it. Um, I, you know, it turns out the, 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 uh, the, uh, the Israeli dream is the American dream. Everybody has a dream to, to come to America. 
And, you know, uh, I talk in the show about my obsession with New York and how when I first came here, I walked down the streets of New York and I felt as if I stepped into a movie set. I, I recognized <clears throat> so much, more than I could ever imagine. I recognized things from sitcoms, from movies, mm. and it, it felt majestic. Um, when you, Israel is wonderful. It's beautiful. It's a great, I, I feel like everybody should go and visit. It's wonderful. But for me, as a magician, the opportunities to uh, pursue my career, to do magic, to meet my mentors was tremendous in, in, in the States. And it just opened so many doors that I said, you know, I, I have to stay here. <laughs> uh, and again, in the show, I talk about the fact that, you know, when I came here, I had nothing. I had a hundred dollars, maybe. <laughs> so, and Did I had you a, have uh, fans here? Um, fans or family, you mean? Fans, people, you know, who no, are following no, no, no. you. No, when I, when I moved here, I was 21. Uh, nobody knew who I was. Um, I literally started at the very, very, very bottom. I did birthday parties. I did whatever I could get. I mean, the first thing I did was I went to the streets. I went to Washington Square with a deck of cards, and I performed to strangers on the street, and I barely spoke English, <laughs> and I tried to earn a dime. You know, I, it, it was, and it's funny, the struggle was a lot of fun. I, I remember that it, was ne it never felt like a struggle, but, you know, looking back, like, how did I not go, you know, insane? Because I had to start from zero. Uh, it's language barrier. It was a culture barrier. It was, everything was against me. And, and I loved it. <laughs> I loved the struggle so much. It made me grow very quickly. And who discovered you? Um, it's, it's, I think it's a bunch of anecdotes, uh, and, and each of them was, uh, pivotal and important for my career. Like the first thing I did, there's a show in New York called Monday Night Magic. It's an off-Broadway show, and that's where I started. And, you know, the, 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 something interesting about the magic community. I can fly to Bangkok and, and by myself, and I put on Facebook, hey, I'm here in town, if there are any magicians who want to hang out, within... An hour, I've had 22 magicians show up, and we went mm. to a restaurant, and we spoke about magic and whatnot, and it seems as if we've known each other for years. Like, the brotherhood of the magic community is unbelievable. So I think that's what happened when I came to New York. I made lots and lots of friends quickly because I met lots of people who were fascinated and passionate about magic, and it immediately I, I was in a community. And it was a wonderful thing. So I would say Monday Magic was the first kind of community, a place where I could perform and, and grow. And then the second thing, I, that I, there's lots of them, but I'll point out one more, is I walked down the street with my dog one day. And a friend of mine was walking with David Blaine, like we're crossing paths, and David Blaine and, and that mutual friend of ours was with him. And then he stopped and he says, oh, this is the guy I told you about. And he's pointing at me. <clears throat> you guys have a lot in common because you like the same type of magic. There's like lots of branches of magic and a specific branch of magic, which I'll talk about later, is something that David and I really are passionate about. 
And David says, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm walking my dog. He says, oh, well, come to my office after you're done. I said, sure. And I went to the, the office, and David and I just clicked. Uh, we ended up playing backgammon until 6 a.m. in the morning. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we, we became friends before anything. And, and David has been, you know, so working for, for David as a, as a consultant and then as, as chief consultant. And the relationship was very hopefully beneficial to both of us, but definitely for me. Because, you know, I got to, to work on TV shows. I got to work on uh, his first uh, live tour. Uh, and, and, and I was exposed to a lot of great, you know, entertainment that I was not exposed to before. So I, I, would, I would point those two things. There's a lot of others, but those two things are pivotal and, and important in my career uh, when I came to America. But you also... Love to tell stories. I'm a Jew. <laughs> yeah, you're an Israeli. I was going to say. Israeli Israeli didn't have Jewish. a story. <laughs> yes, yeah, stories are important. You know, here's the thing about magic, which is a lot of people might not know. I can't do magic. No one can do magic. So what I really do is I try to get people as close as possible to what seems like magic. And then I ask you, the audience, to take the final step to complete the illusion. So in other words, if you don't have a great imagination, if you don't have the willingness to see something spectacular, something magical, it's not going to happen. So you are the co-author of any trick I do. And, and, and it's, it, that's part of what I love about magic, is that it really is uh, a relationship between me and the audience, and we need both of us to create, you know, what you would call magic or whatever it is. So that's something I really love. Now, actors will, even very successful ones, take classes, courses, study, mm -hmm. workshops. Is that the same with people who are in the illusion world or the magic world? Sure. Yes, of course. You know, as a matter of fact, in my current show, it's called Inner Circle, and it's called Inner Circle for a reason. Um, it took me a long time to understand what the name of this show is, and then when it hit me, it was, yeah, of course, that's the name. Because I am not working alone, because I, I stand on giants, on the shoulders of giants, and I had many, many mentors. So one thing that I really love to do is to paint. And during the pandemic, I had a lot of free time. So what did I do? I started painting all of my mentors. I made portraits of my, of my mentors. You know, people like Ricky Jay, Houdini, Blaine, of course. Um, and then the less famous ones, Cardini, uh, Juan Tamariz, who's a household name in Spain. So these people have mentored me directly and indirectly. So, you know, I would fly to Spain to spend a week with uh, the maestro Juan Tamariz, who is one of the greatest living magician, in my opinion, and in many people's opinion. And yes, I mean, we will sit down and you will say, you know, you should do this. Maybe you could like definitely mentorship is a big part of my my uh, progression in magic. And I, I owe them a lot. <laughs> well, you're you're doing great, and I urge everyone 
to go see Asiwin's Inner Circle. It's presented by one of the greats, too, David Blaine, at the gym at Judson through December 31st. And it's really extraordinary. Congratulations to you, you, Asi. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk again, I hope. (laughs) I hope so. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC. More after this.